That probably exists in a video game somewhere that I cannot comprehend how to play. Also, <laughs> that's probably just like at the plot of the next Modern Warfare game. Also, a non, another fun Gaddafi fact: he ha- was deeply in love with Condoleezza Rice. Um, he had yep. he had a scrapbook with different pictures of Condoleezza Rice in it, and would tell people how much he loved her. I, I genuinely believe, though, that Mike Flynn is convinced that there is such a thing as Islamic North Korea. Like that, hundred percent sounds like a PowerPoint that he would Put be fucking. Put the lathe for. down. Put the lathe down. What if North Korea was Muslim, Russian, and also gay? No, I mean, look, this is a bonus episode, so we can derail things a little bit. Mike Flynn and a lot of these fucking guys who were like senior military, but they were senior military because they could run really fast. Mike not Flynn, because noted they were convicted agent of the Turkish state. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Mike Flynn and a lot of the guys in his orbit subscribe to this absolutely insane belief and i'm not i'm not joking that all like there's a huge hierarchy of all groups that are the enemies of the united states and he genuinely believes that like like the sinaloa cartel and north korea and the iranian revolutionary guard all take orders from the muslim brotherhood and it's like (laughs) so what you're saying is an egyptian salafist sunni group that's really only relevant in e- in Egypt is giving orders to the cartels in Central America and North Korea and the Iranians who are Shia and fucking are like enemy number one of the Sunni Salafists. <laughs> like, like this only makes sense if you have lived a life of fucking hitting yourself in the head with a brick every day and only drinking rippets and getting no other sustenance. Uh, don't I was gonna don't say forget that, that Mike Flynn and the My Pillow guy also. Uh, um, po- I love you have to say that. Uh, posited a uh, uh, conspiracy theory about the election in 2020 that North Korean boats had landed in New York City to offload uh, fake ballots. I mean, like to be fair. Uh, gay oh, North yeah. Korea is probably what just that uh, time subscribers think the UK is. Also, like, if North Korea landed submarines off the coast of New York City, they wouldn't be offloading fake ballots. They'd be onloading pallets of Hennessy and then going back to North Korea. Like, <laughs> or like food. anyone who's ever encountered the fucking North... <laughs> right, but that's the thing, is that, the, the, like, in North Korea... Like, <laughs> right, food would be a good option, but typically it's, typically it's cartons of the world's most expensive cigarettes and fucking... Yeah, like like Hennessy, Johnny Walker, like send Kim Jong Un to Jamaica Queens. He'll have the time of his life yeah, at a Kim, street party. Kim Kim, Kim Jong Il is giving them the fucking burner phone number of a dude named like Dominguez in fucking the Bronx <laughs> to get the absolute best bricks of cocaine to take back to, because his connect with the Colombians doesn't work anymore because the Muslim Brotherhood said to fucking stop it. Kim Jong Un uh, rocking up to like a Dominican street party and a pair of Tims and a do rag with a bottle of Henny. Uh, I hate I don't everything know what it is we're about creating Korean. here now. I hate all of I don't this know what so it, much. I don't know what it is about fucking Koreans, dude, but like they they really love like doers and um, uh, what's it called? The Chivas Regal and like those kinds of whiskeys. Like it's just it's just like if you're like a middle aged Korean guy, like you your your role is to basically like bully everyone who's younger than you and go out and get hammered on like Chivas Regal and smoke a fuckload and visit prostitutes like that's just that's being an ajashi if you've got money and you're an ajashi that's what you do and it's always shivas i don't know why but they fucking love it so i can only assume that take the like the nicest version of that like kind of mid-grade whiskey and that's what kim jong-un kim kim il-sung or kim, not kim jong-il kim il-sung 
<laughs> I, I can't imagine what Kim Il Sung was on, but like it wouldn't have been like he was on some different shit. He, he was, he was high on the rays exactly. of sunlight coming from out Peg too. <laughs> yeah, he, he was really into like that fucking weird brand of beer that Jimmy Carter's brother was selling. Oh, Billy, like, it was Billy, Billy beer. beer. It was Billy beer. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was sending the midget subs out to get cases of Billy beer from like Savannah, Georgia, or something like that. But. His son was on on like he partied with Michael Alig and the club kids and got really into ecstasy. And he was like, I can be down with you. I also stab people to death and beat them to death on a regular basis. So like, let's let's fucking party. Send Kim Il Sung to the Hacienda during the Manchester years. <laughs> Kim Il Sung feature on a on a Smith's album. Yeah, when? yeah exactly. Like, Kim, Kim, Kim Jong Un's going to visit Bergheim. Yeah, Kim Il, Kim Il Sung just off his face on ketamine and ecstasy with like fucking Sean Ryder screaming in his ear. How soon is now is actually about the reunification of Korea? No. <laughs> God damn it. I am the sun and, and the air. Now, we've talked about this before. Of the eternal science known as Juche. I quit. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> now, we've talked about this before, but like, obviously, uh, you know, Gaddafi support a lot of things that would, whether he believed in them ideologically or not, which generally is not, um, he wanted to stick it to the West. Uh, one of the ways that he did this was supporting the provisional Irish Republican Army during the Troubles, which we talked about before. Um, a lot of weapons, but most importantly, Semtex, which is a kind of plastic explosive, and you can imagine what that was used for. Um, he, he, he was a, locally known as Boom Boom Play-Doh. Yeah, uh, that's, that's what the kids call it. Um, he was also a pretty big fan of any liberation movement, as long as it ended with annoyance and anger from Western powers. Um, he was a loud and open supporter of the Palestinian Liberation Organization, and a lot of world leaders were, especially in the Middle East, North Africa, and things like that, you know, Soviet Union. But unlike a lot of those world powers who supported them politically and on the down low supported them militarily, he kind of did both in the open. Um, he was outwardly facing in his support for literally anything the PLO or their umbrella organization did. Um, he proclaimed that anyone could go into a Libyan embassy, declare their support for the Palestinian cause, and immediately get military training and supplies in order to go and fight for them. Anywhere in the world. Hilariously, the Bader Meinhof did this, and then they're like, these guys take drugs and fuck too much. We can't stand them. <laughs> yeah. get, get these smelly Germans out of the fucking embassy. Um, God damn oh, no. hippies. But so, yeah, since I am, we will be doing a series on the Bader Meinhof uh, later in the year. But one really funny detail is when they went to Jordan in, I think it's the late in 67, I think, if I, off the top of my head, they got. So anyone who was in the training camp absolutely hated them because they were like, they were super arrogant. They complained about the food rations. And Andreas Bader spent like three hours doing his like Bader mind magic on them to let them sleep in like co-ed dorms. Uh, I'm just, yeah, it's like the, the Jordanians and the Palestinians can fucking hold their own in any battle, but they're just not prepared for Germans being annoying. <laughs> Wolf, yes, what, what do you mean I can't sleep with a woman and I can't have my pint of bitter and I can't uh, have my little treats? You know, is this fascist Germany or what? <laughs> A treat revolution. <laughs> Um, while he was training and supplying all these guys, he was doing his best to rapidly expand Libya's regional power in Northern Africa and the Middle East, because depending on which era of Gaddafi we're talking about, he's either a pan-Africanist, a pan-Arabist, pan-Islamist, 
sometimes more than one of them at the same time. Um, now he's he, a bit like Taylor Swift in that in that aspect that like he has distinct eras that you can identify by his uh, visuals. You know what type of drip was he rocking? You can tell us like oh he's in his Pan African this era now, or is he in his Pan Arab era? You know when he's when. He was taken from us too soon. We didn't get to see him in his folklore era. Yeah, Gaddafi's version, you know. Um, I was going to say, Bon Iver Gaddafi is going to be interesting. <laughs> and he did this by supporting people like Idi Amin, which we did talk about before, but we didn't talk about his Idi Amin's failed invasion of Tanzania, uh, as well as his incredibly dumb project of the Federation of Arab Republics. Through the, at that point of his ideology, he was a pan-Arabist, um, and he wanted to... Uh, he wanted to merge Libya, Egypt, and Syria. Uh, and this he got this idea from Egypt's Kamal Abdel Nasser because Nasserism was the thing that Gaddafi believed in at first when he launched his coup. But the thing is, is Nasser actually fucking hated him. He thought he was super annoying and didn't know what the fuck he was doing. <laughs> um, and like the, the Federated Arab Republic is a thing that kind of existed at one point. Um, at, pretty much all they did is like as far as they could go is they agreed on a flag uh, but this is a project Gaddafi got involved in just so he could become dictator of these three countries just like when he talked about like a United States of Africa and he paid a whole bunch of regional completely uh, unimportant African kings to declare him the king of kings of Africa mm -hmm. he did weird shit like well, that all the time 